Good morning, afternoon, and evening, New Jungle Podcast listeners. Finally, my computer is working for this second part of the interview with Zim Hude. Thank you for coming back on the podcast, brother. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I feel like um, your background is giving me life. That dolphin jumping out the water. I feel like that is a representation, even though we are tigers. We're all dolphins jumping out the water and we're going to go swim to success this year. Absolutely. I, I have to I have to get my, uh, I guess. Show the mirrors, pan. Let's I, see I, it. I, so it, this is my childhood <laughs> painting. Yes. I, I have a whole bunch of, I have an elephant right here. I've Who's got, uh, it was actually, you can see I got some That's other. That's me. There's me to the left, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the I, so I got this. with a belly. <laughs> you man don't sell yourself short but uh, i'm getting so, there i'm getting there bro i've been going to the gym like crazy i still got this belly popping off though so i'm going to gym it's like my way of like motivating myself to go even further yeah absolutely and so i i got this painted as a birthday present when i was like five and right. my my original plan for my life was i'm gonna be a zookeeper and I want to go and do all this stuff with like animals and whatever. And so I was like, can you paint me a zoo in the playroom? And so they were like, uh, I don't know if we can do that, but we'll try our best. And so this is my this is my birthday present when I was Bro, a kid. that is so dope. You make me want to like I've got like I'm a big art enthusiast and like in my house, like I have a lot of artwork and stuff. And I just really appreciate it because I can't draw, but I have all these visions in my head and stuff. But I think that's really awesome. And I love animals, too. I used to work. People don't know this is Jim Hude fat. I used to work uh, at an animal shelter for about four years when I was in college. And I also used to work at a museum where I used to feed sloths, uh, milk snakes, all different types of stuff like that at this exhibit as an intern there when I was coming out of college too. And now flash forward to now, I have a whole bunch of land. So now I have like chickens and stuff like that. So I'm trying to uh, do it without getting fined, but I want to get like a baby camel or something like that, or like just, anything oh, wow. I, I mean not a camel um i Llama? was looking at uh last week yeah llamas and stuff my son had a petting zoo for his birthday we're getting super off topic let's get <laughs> back on it but i i love animals and i definitely like tigers yes absolutely tigers are my second favorite animal beside behind gorillas i could sit at the cincinnati zoo gorilla exhibit for hours but yes we are off topic let's go back to the topic at hand we are a cincinnati Bengals podcast not a cincinnati zoo podcast so let's get on this and i have probably the biggest i want to i'd say it's a tough question i think i have the toughest question i've asked any guest uh on the podcast and it not isn't necessarily about the uh, our team necessarily. It's more about our division. And I wanted to ask you and kind of, it, it might be a brain teaser. I don't want to stump you or anything, but I, I want you to go and rank the quarterbacks in the AFC North. However, I want you to, I'm putting a little twist on it, not necessarily yeah. just from stats. And I mean, you could say Lamar Jackson is the greatest because he's one MVP and then that's it. And then you can go say all the other ones suck, right. but I mean, who they are as a player, who they are as a person, how they're, what's the locker room impact, who, who has the better locker room presence in the AFC North, who is the one that is leading their team. And I want you to rank them. I feel like you're loading it towards, <laughs> you're loading that question towards somewhat, like if you're factoring all that stuff in, 
all right, I have two different trains of thoughts. Mm-hmm. On one side of me, I'm saying who's achieved the most, who is currently doing it, who won an MVP, who am I even projecting is going to keep on going on the same path or even like this, and that would be Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. That's for me. The average fan doesn't, re- I feel like, don't respect like his throwing power, which I think is really insane. But if I'm saying who would I want to start a franchise with, though, and who's a better locker room guy and stuff like that, it's got to be Joe Burrow. But that, that would be like my one-two in both of those different scenarios. Then after that, I'd probably go Baker Mayfield, then Ben. And the only reason why I'm going Ben at the bottom is not a knock on him because I don't like black and yellow. Like, I'm very fair. I just feel like at this point in his career, the games that he does do really, really well from a stat line perspective is really loaded on this heroic type of effort that he has in his mind that does it, that they don't even need him for for that style of team, right? And so a lot of times he does a lot of, he does too much and it and it hurts the team. After they went on that big run by getting there through defense, he just did so much to hurt them. And even a year prior to that, you had see what five interception type games cuz he just doesn't have like the I don't want to, he's not stupid, but you know, he just, he just isn't smart enough in, 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 in situational football. And that alone puts him at the bottom of me. If we're talking about overall, like who's done the most Ben Roethlisberger hall of famer, no doubt about it. But at this stage in his career, I got to put him at the bottom. The only reason why I have Baker at third is because when Baker, as we saw last year, when he gets hot and he gets in rhythm, he gets accurate and, and him playing with confidence is, top 10, top 15 in the league. But the thing is, Baker's always going to be like 15 in the league. And that's what makes him the third to me. But, you know, what Joe Burrow represents, I'm a Burrow baby through and through. Um, Locker room guy, accuracy. Like, he has all the intangibles, everything that you will want. Somebody asked me yesterday, who would you rather have, Trevor Lawrence or Joe Burrow? I I showed him one clip. I got this one clip of when Joe Burrow played – Clemson the championship game, it's uh, Lawrence looking really, really sad at a moment that he shouldn't have been sad at. It was early in the game to me. Yeah. And, and that's something you'll never see from Joe Burrow. And mm-hmm. that alone gives Joe Burrow the, the you know, Trevor Lawrence, maybe it, it's, it's not definitive, but I know I went off a little bit, but just to go to show you, like Joe Burrow is the prototypical franchise starting quarterback and Cincinnati Bengals fans that are listening to this that I sometimes go in Facebook groups and there's a crazy amount of people that think that he's just not he's like above average or whatever it's just like they're not paying attention to the intangibles and the different things that he does the charisma the the way he sets up questions the way he handles this stuff he always deviates and just pushes all the credit towards his line all the all the things that you want to see from your quarterback on top of the fact that he's probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks in in football history, college football history, and in, in we're hoping that carries over to the NFL. He doesn't have the biggest arm. He's not going to make the crazy Josh Allen throws, but he doesn't have to because, as we saw from Peyton Manning and quarterbacks like that, there are so many cerebral ways to beat you. And Joe Burrow is that processing speed of the highest computer alive. So... That gives my knock to Joe. I, I give Joe Burrow the notch in that category. But Lamar Jackson is just super scary to me. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, that, that's just me. Like, I don't know. Like, if I, I played football in high school, I just can't even imagine – 
me going back and trying to, you, you know, like try to check your defender. Yeah. And then you look back and, and he's running at you like in open field. That's like a defender's not worst nightmare. Cause it's like, you can't even play the defender the way you want to play him. Cause you're always thinking this guy could go like, yeah. And he carried it. Very few quarterbacks can carry that from high school all the way to this level and then go win an MVP. And then they gave him weapons. Now, Rashard Bateman, as we're recording this, is hurt. But this is the first time he really had weapons. I think I told you that last time on the show. So mm -hmm. those are the things that I, I just think from a skill-wise, he, he has something that nobody in the world has. Like, you know, I, I say a lot about Jamar Chase. Dude. You know, he has a lot of skill sets that nobody else has. Lamar Jackson is you might not think he can throw like John Elway and he can't, but he doesn't have to because his awareness and his agility and then being able to launch a football with the flick of a wrist at the same time of that, he has a skill set like similar to Mike Vick. And it, it, it only comes like once every 20, 30, like we've only seen it twice in the history of football. Like, you know, like, so anybody that's knocking him is like silly. And then I'm respecting them because the Bengals have never beat them. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I I do I do have to agree with that. I I knock Lamar Jackson purely be part of it's satirical and part of it's because I'm just being trying to be funny or whatever. But I mean, like, you're you're right, Lamar Jackson. I hate playing the Ravens now. I remember when Joe Flacco was the quarterback, and I'm like, okay, this can go either way. And I'm like, I mean, look, not saying that Joe Flacco was a bad quarterback, but you look at the difference in skill set, like you said, between Lamar Jackson and Joe Flacco as a Ravens quarterback and as a quarterback as a whole, I would much rather play Joe Flacco a hundred out of a hundred times. And it's, I, I do, I, I'd say I'd probably give him the edge at one, unfortunately, for as much as I want to be. I mean, I'm wearing the whole lot of orange Joe Burrow shirt right now. We're matching right now, but I mean, it's, yeah, sir. I yeah, absolutely. There, let I, I'm gonna pause right now. I'm gonna tell how comfortable this shirt is. This is a perfect for my dad bod <laughs> because it's tight around the chest and arms, and it makes me look strong. And yeah. then right around the midsection, it's like, oh, I'm still skinny. But it, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm about to take that clip and play it all around the world. <laughs> like, like that is like you just made a commercial for a whole lot of orange. Thank you very much, Garrett. Like you are the man that you like you're on the you're on the team now. Like you're on like we got to get this guy on the payroll. Like, thank you. Yes, let's go. If, if but, you get but, I, but I did. There was an intense, you know, I went through four different mocks with this shirt where I actually gave Tony Pike originally the original way that I had this drawn and stuff. And I got a little bit of feedback from other people and I redid it a couple of different times. What everybody sees now is like the third and fourth version of the artwork. Wow. And then I went through a bunch of different shirts where I would go with like a typical Hanes. Like I, I wear like Supreme and stuff. So I'm used to like Hanes beefy tees and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, nah, that's not what I want. Even though I, I do like the sturdiness of it, but like all those things that you just said, are the reasons why I selected this shirt because of the comfort level of it for men and women. I even asked women, how do they like the shirt? Yeah. And I, I mean, if you get me on that payroll, I'll, I'll do that all day, but like the, this shirt is great. Just 
sorry for the interruption part of the interruption but i mean <laughs> this shirt is great if you haven't got it go hit up zim's page and go grab yourself one it's not just the joe burrow one he has more it they and they all look slick i just i mean i gotta i gotta ride with my guy and get the joe one so but pardon the interruption sorry just wanted to shout that i out appreciate really that man that's super super dope like that makes me feel really really good i'm i tell you like I work really, really hard on like people see the last part of this, but there was a lot of thought put into it. Yeah, absolutely. It it looks like it and it feels like it. I mean, I love it. I, I think the the day I got it, I opened it up and I'm like, it's the shirt. And I put it right on and I wore it for the rest of the day. And it was like at 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, okay, so this is my outfit for the, for the day. I, I, I had an outfit picked out. I was wearing one and I'm like, all right, time to change. But uh, it, it was great. I love it. So Man, um, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. shout, shout out to you. But um, I, I'm going to go <laughs> back, back to <laughs> back to where where I was talking. But I mean, Lamar Jackson does have that that danger factor that I mean, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL don't have. And I, I'd say the only other person who actually has that skill level is Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league right now. And I mean, when you put those people on the same pedestal, you you kind of have to give the edge to somebody who's that dangerous. And he's won an MVP. So I mean, it, the so, problem is. So your your ranking will go Lamar then Burrow. Lamar then Burrow. That I'm going the same ranking as you, but I think it's for a couple different reasons. But only because I I think I, I completely agree with you. Everything you said about Joe is fine. I think the only reason I put Baker ahead of Ben is because Baker has a little bit more of a sense of what it is like to be a quarterback at this point in time. Not saying that you you were correct in saying that, like, overall, all time right now in this moment, Ben Roethlisberger gave it to him <laughs> right now. Right. But, I mean, the way that he was playing in the last six games of last year, it was awful. And even in that playoff game, he deserved to get his – ass kicked in like he did not play well at all and you saw I remember we were talking last podcast you were like you saw why Baker lost in that second playoff game and it wasn't because of him and it wasn't because of him I I, I tell everybody that like Baker could have got them to like the AFC championship yes but the reason why the Steelers won their first playoff I think it was because of Ben because as soon as that first play went off when he mishandled the snap his brain went out the door because usually he's a pretty smart football player you don't see him for like a huge like super athletic guy he's not going to go and tear you down with his athleticism he's going to tear you down with short mid like check downs he's gonna he's gonna tear you apart just piece by piece but it didn't really seem like he had like he wasn't the same Ben the last five, six games of the year, not including the playoff game, but you could include that being six, seven games. And I feel like that hasn't really changed and it hasn't really, I I haven't seen anything that's been like, oh, let's bump him up one more pedestal in preseason. And I mean, it's preseason, it's it's training camp right now, but like, you know what I'm saying? One thing about Ben, that, and I'm going to just close out that topic, is like, yeah. Um, one thing about Ben, too, is that what he's done to the locker room, like the stories that you hear about, like, ostracizing, like, certain guys and, and, and like, putting himself in a position where 
He's like making guys choose over different things. Like he's he's the sole reason why Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown pretty much kind of got split in that whole divide that they had in the locker room. And it was kind of like, it's either going to be me or you. And, you know, towards the end, you know, like those guys are like Ben is just not a good communicator to those to the to me what it says, because a lot of those guys were like kind of picking and choosing. And the guys that were kind of siding with Ben was like, shoot, I want to get my paycheck, so I ain't going to go against him. And I feel like the Steelers gave him too much too much power. In this day and age, giving somebody like a Joe Burrow or somebody like that power, like if I'm Joe Burrow, honestly, in this upcoming, like his first, his first real contract, he should be he should be asking for something that most people probably aren't asking for. If the Bengals see this, they'll probably try to assassinate me. But he should be asking for like a percentage, like you know, like like ownership, like or or something to do with the overall. Like he's that big. He's you your know? franchise. Yeah, but, but even bigger than that, like I feel like outside of football, like he's just he's a billion dollar revenue type of personality. Once he catches fire, like I know he will. Mm-hmm. And the Bengals probably aren't ready for that yet, but. He, you probably give him like a percent ownership, like how you know, like these athletes have, like you know, like Usher's got like one percent, three percent of you know, like he probably needs like one to three percent of the Bengals, but and it, it like negotiated into his that first real contract more so than money because this is just I'm just thinking out loud, like real quick, yeah, absolutely. In order for Burrow to be like the bomb, like for the Bengals. He has to always be able to get other guys around him to uh, like the free agents and other guys to be able to come here. But the Bengals don't have the the profile. They don't have the revenue and different things to go pay all these guys. So they have to get creative in a sense. He can't probably if if they make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, it won't do good for him. Mm-mm. And I and Joe Burrow is a guy that he does like money, contrary to a lot of people's belief. I remember one of his first interviews with Bartles, he was like, yeah, I'm about to finally go get some checks and mm-hmm. get paid. So like he likes money and he's he's a cool dude. Right. But he's got to be smart enough or his agents got to be smart enough to say, look, without me, you ain't got nothing. Give me a percentage in this instead of me. By that time, we're going to be talking about 50 mil a year instead of 50. Maybe he takes like 30 something and says, go get me this guy and this guy. But he's seeing the residual incomes of like the like. You know the Bengals are worth two point bill, so like I don't know how they could work that out, but that's just the thought of mine. Like that's what a lot of these guys, like Urban Meyer and stuff, coming in. They want they want more say so in the daily operations and stuff. And Joe Burrow is so big, and I think that's what Aaron Rodgers is mad at right now. It's like he has no say so in none of that stuff because he's he's late in the wave though. He's really really important to Green Bay. But he he he's lost leverage because now he's what 37, 36, yeah. 37, 37. Like but imagine Aaron Rodgers like eight years ago. They probably give him whatever the hell he's talking about. Mm-hmm. It's a different conversation now. Joe Burrow on that first contract. I mean, I know he came into the league at 24, but a 28-year-old, 27, you know, 27, 28-year-old Joe Burrow is a powerful man. Mm-hmm. Like, like in his prime. In his prime, I'm talking magazine covers. Maybe he gets a ring. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he gets close to a Plus ring. Fingers. Yeah. All of these things. And then you you combine that with he's got new teeth. The women want him. 
the guys want him. <laughs> like everybody, <laughs> like everybody wants him, right? So it's just like he's who doesn't than, want him, right? Who doesn't want him? Like my wife probably wants him. Like you know what I'm saying? Like the Bengals, he's just bigger than football. And yes. I don't, and I don't know. I, I've always been. I've always told my friends always tell me this. They say like I'm a futurist in my thoughts, but I just see that con that conversation that contract. He's smart enough to not be what Ben Roethlisberger is trying to be. Is like some big hero type of guy at the end of a game. He knows at the end of the day, championships are going to be go hand in hand with his legacy, mm-hmm. and all that other cool supermodel commercial stuff is naturally just going to come to him like no matter what. He needs something bigger outside of like, you know, than 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 football. But that that's just a quick rant I just thought of just now. And like I said, if the Bengals ever hear that, they'll probably try to assassinate me because they probably don't want to hear anything like that. Emily Parker, close your ears. <laughs> <laughs> they probably like get this man off the air. But I mean, I gotta say it. Like I gotta keep it real. If I'm his agent, that's what I'm doing. Or I say we walk. I uh, I mean. We walk, and I'll go to somebody that will. Jaguars will do that for me. Somebody's going to do that for me. We walk. I mean, part of me does agree with you that he he's absolutely going to be like I'm, because I, I I don't think he does he isn't going to want to resign. I mean, he's said it multiple times. He wants to play with people like Joe Mixon and TB and T for 10, 15 years, and I feel like that's a really really important thing to take into consideration and especially with all the talks of like what's happening with jesse bates right now he's like i want to move my mom to cincinnati and then he goes and he talks with dan horton dave lapham this morning at, at the time of this recording and he's like apparently i haven't done enough to be the top receive the top safety in the league which i mean we he the Bengals media team advertises him as the best safety in the league but i i i think that a deal is going to get done Jesse wants to be here. The team wants him to be here. I think it's just finding that middle ground where both the agent and him and the, and the team are going to be like, it has, it has to be guaranteed money, bro. I just was doing a show. It it has to be like the amount of guaranteed money. Mm -hmm. It can't be the base salary because everybody that's talking about franchising them next year. The franchise tag is 13 million and he's probably looking for 16, 17. You just signed Sam Hubbard for 10. You probably could have did that for like 8.5 or something. I don't know. You probably but, done it for like nine and still right, went fine. Right. So two, three million per on a base salary for arguably the best safety in football can't be the, it, it gotta be like, he wants like 40 something million guaranteed or something. And they're only willing to give him like 20, 30. And that's one of the things that's how you sign free agents, right? It's guaranteed money. It's not base salary. Bengals always pay guys kind of in the market value. But the thing that they don't do is pay the highest at that position. But the safety position is different because like I was just telling on the show, I just left with Ace is that the edge and cornerback position group is totally different. That's a high tier 20 something plus, you know, uh, 20 something plus million. Like you you get paid the highest in that position. Yeah. Like that, that's, we're going to have some strong negotiations. That's why guys like Byron Jones and stuff even hit the market or you have these big name safeties because, you know, nobody's willing to pay the highest in that position, but safety for like, it's, it's not a backbreaker like that. So that's why I'm like, it's gotta be the amount of guaranteed money. That's the only thing I could think of. that can't be that far apart. He follows me on Instagram. Maybe I shall ask him one day. <laughs> yes, go go and please. Go ask him. 
Yeah, go go ask. He probably he probably unfollow me. Like my biggest fear <laughs> is that like I talk to a player that thinks I'm cool, and then I start saying something like that, and they're just like, "Yeah, you're not cool." So I'm not going to do that. They're not going to think you're cool or not cool. But you're nobody how, likes to talk about money. <laughs> I tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that that's fair. Maybe don't talk to him about money. But I mean, the I I know I said that we weren't going to talk about it, but I feel like it's something that we had to touch on. No, don't I mean, talk about it. Don't. It, and it's it. But I mean, I I really hope they get a deal done. I think they will get a deal done. But back when, to what? When do you think they'll get the deal done? Sometime either late in the season or late in the season, late in the season or early next off season. I think it'll be if they're going to do it. I've seen this happen like before, like week four. You guy comes out there, plays good, healthy, come out maybe before week four. Once you get in there, that's never man's land. Like mm-hmm. it, it, and not to make it a a. a a real difficult, you know, conversation. It's just like the money, like the per year type number. Like it just, it just changes a lot because you're so deep into the season. So mm-hmm. that'd be a tough one. But yeah. I think if it, if it would, it, it might, it might come right before week one, or maybe like, like I said, if you get to like week three, I doubt it. And that's yeah. where Bengals have leverage. They, they could let him play this whole year for two point something million. Now it would suck, and it'd be kind of a. Uh, a, a shitty move. Yeah, I was I was trying not to curse, but some a bad yeah. move. Yeah, It'd be, it would not be a good move if they did that because they do have leverage in this regard. They can make him play for two point eight million or whatever he's supposed to play this year, right? Mm-hmm. Come back the next year and just franchise tag him and say do it again. And he really doesn't have anything that he could do except go play or sit out. And if yeah. you sit out, then he's not a sit out type of guy. But that but that's why players are so against the franchise tag. It's like from a long-term standpoint, you want security and you want your mom to move and you want to know that you're going to get 30, 40 million plus no matter what if I get hurt. Mm-hmm. You got to go through all of this season and all the next season. Even if they're giving you that same base salary, you're like, all right, cool, I'm good for four, 13, 14. By then, because the cap goes up, maybe 15 million this, this one season. But if I get hurt, I'm going to hit the market in 2023 and I'm be at the bottom of the barrel. And that's the that's why players are so against the franchise tag. But the Bengals could do that. I mean, yeah. AJ Green, they just did that to him. Now, yeah. my but AJ Green's was a little bit different. He was older in his career, so he's probably a lot more thankful for mm-hmm. 18 million per because you know, but and, and the situation didn't even work out. So it, it yeah, that's a rare situation where the franchise tag worked. But say yeah. he went crazy, say he would have had a thousand yards or something like that. Yeah, he would have had to get through a whole year like that. And then afterwards, he still would have been saying, damn, I'm like 30. What is he? 34 or something. They're going to be sitting there saying how um, we can't pay you that type of money. And then that's a whole. But he'll be saying, but I just went for a thousand yards or, you know, like the franchise tag him again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I I agree with you. I I really hope it gets done. I'm just going to put that out there. I really hope it gets done because Jesse's one of my favorite players right now, but it makes um, sense, man. It makes sense. But uh, so if you have time, I want to do the same question. Sorry for, we've had a lot of like, pardon the interruptions, but I mean, I love the rants. I, I love it. It's, it, it's one of my favorite things just to listen to and like watch your brain work. Cause it's so, I can literally see the gears turning and I'm like, this is so <laughs> fun to watch. But um, if, if you have time, I want to, yeah, so yeah. what we did with 
quarterbacks in the AFC North. I want to do with coaches because our coach is on a hot seat right now, but I feel like it's kind of gotten colder. And I know that you're not as bullish on Zach Taylor's, maybe other people, but maybe that I could be wrong. And so I, I, I wanted to give you the opportunity to rank the coaches the same way you did with the quarterbacks. All right. So this one, I'm going to go with Harbaugh is going to be my number one. Tomlin's going to be my number two. Stefanski is going to be my number three. And Zach is going to be my number four. Okay. Now, I said this to you before offline. I don't know enough about Stefanski. I know he just had a great season. I know about what he did with Minnesota. I know a lot of stuff, but I didn't follow like his moves throughout the season, you know, enough to, to say whatever. But I do know that my, uh, Mike Tomlin, people are going to hate this, but he is a master motivator that I, I was even telling Hugh Jackson this one time. I was like, he kind of reminds me of myself a little bit in this regard. Like I can motivate a lot of, sometimes it doesn't work. Like my wife doesn't care what I say. She's just like, shut up, go take out the trash. Right. But I can motivate a lot of people just because I believe that I can achieve pretty much anything in the world if I had the opportunity. Right. And so Mike Tomlin has a good way of doing that to people. That's why a lot of these guys that play for them, they get drafted. I talk trash about them and I'm like, this guy sucks. And then they play us and the guy goes crazy. And I'm like, how, how? Like, and he gets the best out of like the problems that we've had from the Bengals standpoint, we would have never had if Mike Tomlin was the coach, like getting the most out of like a Marcus Hunt. Yeah. Like, like Tomlin gets guys to play like better than anybody that's ever. And he's never had a losing season. Yeah. For as much credit as they give Andy Reid, I feel like Mike Tomlin is so much better than that. Like yeah. Andy Reid always shits the bed when it comes to big moments, except the one time when he actually got into the situation and Pat Mahomes just blew the doors off of people and, and it worked in his favor. But all those other scenarios, all those other chances, Mike Tomlin's been in a lot of those scenarios. Mike Tomlin's only downside, and I feel like it's kind of wrong that they say this, is that he's not a big X and O's guy, but throughout you've got to think you've been coaching the team for 15 years, you've seen everything. Yeah. So he's not he's not the offensive mind or whatever thing like that you probably look for for a coach, right? But Very he is much a, a defensive mind. But he's a master motivator. Like Marvin Lewis was a, a was a really good motivator, and he was really good with personnel and picking people. Mike Tomlin doesn't really even steer off that way. He's just a master motivator and getting the most out of players. Harbaugh, on the other hand, is a really, really, really good coach. Now, Flacco went on that run that had nothing to do with Harbaugh. And Flacco just went crazy, and you get that sometimes. Mm -hmm. But the greatest thing about Harbaugh is no matter what, he plays to player strengths more than any any coach I've ever seen in the history of football. The reason why Lamar Jackson has flourished with the Ravens is because he has played to every single strength that he has. When you get these teams like the Browns sometimes, you know, all those times when they had, should we start Deshaun Kaiser? Should we start da-da-da? And then you got all these guys going like this, oh, I'm going to get this guy, and I'm going to get this guy. And then you never had that cohesion, and you never put these guys in a position to go do anything great. Or Marvin Lewis gets James Harrison, but he doesn't do anything to change his game to, to make it James Harrison do what he did, just did amazingly with Pittsburgh. He then leaves uh, Bengals and then goes back to Pittsburgh and does it again, right? 
because these sometimes these coaches are saying it's my way. Harbaugh is not that way. Harbaugh is going to say it's my way, but let me see what you could do in my way. Like, can you do this? And guys like Bowser and all these guys that I've looked at film and all these things, I'm like, this guy's average. Like, you know, like, like he would take a Keem Davis Gaither, like somebody like that mm-hmm. would be a stud for the Ravens. Yeah. Would, would absolutely destroy people like year one. But it is what it is. And that's why I have Harbaugh as my number one. Zach Taylor, I have as my number four because what do I need to say? You know, <laughs> like yeah. well, I, I think I told you this before too. Like if me and you were coaching, mm-hmm. we're, we'll get six to seven wins off Joe. I swear to you, I kid you not. <laughs> I will work my ass off. I'm not trying to undermine being an NFL coach. I will work like nobody's ever seen before. I will hire really, really smart people around me. But for what he's doing with a guy like Joe Burrow, Joe going to give you six games if he stays healthy a whole season anyway. Mm-hmm. Zach has failed to do, you know, like just the bare minimum. And, and you know, one thing that he is pretty good at, clock management has not been the thing that's wrung his, really, his ugly head like how I used to do yeah. with Marvin Lewis at like halftimes and stuff like yeah. that. He's actually pretty decent at that. He's actually pretty good at that. His play calling, to, to me, sometimes was really good. That Titans game. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. And I'm not just saying that just because they won. Like, I actually look at, like, how get, how plays get set up. Like, the plays that were ran in the first quarter of that game, Absolutely. how they went into the third quarter of that game were brilliant. I don't know if that's more uh, Callahan or whatever, but he just – he has some bright spots. And, and I love the fact that he does have good uh, – players tell me that from an offensive standpoint, he has good, intricate ways that he can teach mm-hmm. the plays and stuff. But the yeah. one thing that he doesn't have that I just named on all of those people is that he's never going to walk into the room and be a master motivator. You know, like I, yeah. I, I'm trying to master my motivation for a whole lot of orange. Right. But like I can get people to, to believe. Right. Yeah. And, and I think you would believe like just based off of the little the, just a shirt. You're like, well, he shit. He said he was going to make a shirt and the shirt turned out pretty damn good. So I've already built up trust. I say, yeah. all right, like, now let's go sit with me week four. I bet you I turn up. And I bet you it's yeah. like, you know, and so I, I have ways that I just show and prove. Zach Taylor doesn't have that because every time that he was supposed to go show and prove, he failed and he ended it with two wins or three wins. So how mm-hmm. much can you really listen to a guy like that? If I have a really bad team and I had um, Belichick coaching the team, the same teams that Zach Taylor was given, I think Belichick gets six, seven, eight wins minimum out of all of those rosters, even with the injuries. Because he just knows way more. That's a bad comparison for me to put him against a Hall of Fame coach. But that's the difference of, like, an amazing coach versus a guy that needs all this stuff. Like, Zach needs everybody to be healthy. Zach needs, like, a lot of different things to go his way, you know. And that's very telling. I, I think he can win. And I, the one of my bigger fears is that we go, like, win seven games, right, or six games or something. Because to me, what did I start off? Me and you could win six. Or mm-hmm. seven, if he wins like six or seven, it's fool's goal because they it's probably like in that middles that middle ground where they're like, oh, yeah. well, we can't do fire, we, yeah, yeah do like we, we can't sign, fire. Yeah. He just won seven. Like, bring him back. On. If he wins six or seven, I'm gonna know what I know right now. Like, he's not that guy. Give me Joe Brady. <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. right away. Like right or, away. Um, or um, Eric Bieniemy. No, uh, specialty our special teams coach Darren um, Simmons. Darren Simmons. Give me Darren Simmons. I like, I struggle with that too, though. Like, I don't, I don't know. 
I don't uh, know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, think, I mean, I feel, I, like, I feel like all the coaches around the league respect the heck out of them. So that means a lot. Yeah. And I feel like that's that's the the reason why I kind of that's my second option. But I mean, like you said, give me Eric B give me Joe Brady. Um, But Man, Joe Brady will have the city on fire. Do you hear me? Like 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 50 like, touchdowns a game like Joe Mixon. Oh my God. Like he would be like fantasy quarter running back number one oh, yeah. because the way that Joe Brady would use him is so like we, we, we're going to watch it this year. We're going to, I'm going to, when I get my all 22 back, I'm going to show you a Panthers game real quick. I'm going to just show you like some, I'm going to show you some stuff. Okay. Like the way that they use him, like, and, and I, and I think that Callahan's, a, I think he's the man. I like Callahan. I, yeah. honestly, I, I like Callahan more than I like Darren Sims for a head coach. But yeah. there's, there's some things that Brady did at LSU and it's some things that Brady did like year, year one with the Panthers or whatever that I'm like, whoa, like if you run that, I just don't even know how you counter that with, with our weapons. Yeah. His, his thing is McCaffrey went down. He didn't really have like the Migos that we got. Like he, he yeah. doesn't, and he doesn't have Joe Burrow. Like, but if he did somebody that could process it fast enough and see it quick enough, like there's no way to stop like some of these wheel routes and creative patterns and different things that he has coming out the backfield. And absolutely. I don't know if everybody does it, but I just know that it, it would work for us. Yeah, absolutely. I that's agree. My bold, that's my bold prediction. How's that? Yeah, I, I love it. I, I remember asking you for a bold prediction last time and you you gave me a little bit of flack. You're like, how is that not a bold enough prediction? And I just kept bugging you. But that I like that as the as the Zim bold prediction of this podcast. But I I I would agree with you on the coaches. I think I would yeah, I think as of this moment right now, I mean six twenty-five and one is hard to get over for Zach. I, I mean you can't really you can say all about the culture and everything. And I mean, I, I talk about it a lot. He's brought in a really good culture. Everybody's bought right. in, but until you start winning those games and get through that threshold of six, seven wins, get to that eight, nine, 10, 11, even 12. If you win a game that we're not supposed to win. I mean, it, once you get into that threshold, that's where you start being like, Oh, okay. He's the guy. But I mean, until you get there, it's, it's really hard. Because Joe Burrow, you you know what I'm saying? He's going to step up to the line and call damn near a game on his own just by seeing what the defense is showing him. Yeah. Like, it's it's a beautiful thing, you know, but at the end of the day, like, he needs somebody that walks into the room. He, he likes him. You know, he likes Zach Taylor, but, you know, like, does he have a Zim Hude yeah. running up on him and saying, Joe, like, what the hell was that? You yeah. know, like I, I question, like, you know, like he gives me Dalton vibes. A little. I'm talking about Zach Taylor now. Yeah. He gives me Dalton vibes. It's like he means well, but you couldn't, you know, like I've been through a lot in my life. Zach mm. Taylor probably couldn't motivate me to do shit. You know, like I just know he hasn't lived and done what I've done. You know, Joe Burrow, I know where he's from. I know, I know he understands what's going on in the world, all these different things. Like, Joe Burrow was mad that they didn't take him to Jeff Ruby. You know, <laughs> yeah. you saw that? Like, he was, like, kind of like, oh, yeah, I seen him been hanging out without me and shit. Like, you know, like, yeah. I know, I I feel like the day I meet Joe Burrow, like, the world is going to be, like, so different. Cincinnati's going to explode. It's going to be different. Like, yeah. me me and Joe in the all season, like, me and Jamar, that's different. Like, you just going to see us out, you know, ice on, change, you know, 
spoon, we in the club, it's just normal, whatever. <laughs> but me, but me and me and Joe Burrow, like that's a different type of orange. You you <laughs> would bounce off each other so well. The he, you know, his favorite artist is actually a friend of mine, Lil Uzi or whatever. His favorite artist is that I'll be like, Joe, come come with me. Like, let's go, <laughs> let's go hang with Uzi. Like, I'm gonna take Joe like so many different places that he probably always was like. I wonder what that's like. We're instantly just going to go right there without even a thought. And he's going to naturally just be able to do it. And, oh, man, it's going to be it's going to be crazy because the questions that I even have that I've already seen in the interview where I have and whatever, mm -hmm. nobody asks them this type of stuff. Like, yeah. it's amazing. I think you would be, you would do really damn good with Joe, too, now. I I I was going to say, if you ever you meet think Joe. Like that. Uh, if you ever meet Joe, you have to hit me up because I feel like I have a lot of questions that everybody's like, I'm not going to ask him that where I'm like, I'm going to ask him that if you're not going to, man, I'm going to ask him. I have a way of, you know, asking stuff without offending people. I, that's one of my skills. So like, yeah, I have, I have some questions that he probably might laugh off, but I think I got some questions that I think that he wants to say. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. that's the key. Like, I think like I have something that will open them up, but I, I kind of mm -hmm. got off top again with another rant. But no. I, I just think that me telling Joe, like. You you went eight out of 10 on that, but you could have went 10 out of 10 is different than Zach Taylor conveying the message. Just to make that a short thing, like it's just different, like you and it, it has nothing to do with energy. It's just like my expectations of him. And what I see of him, I don't know if Zach Taylor really truly sees that, but Joe Burrow day one will be able to see it the same way Jamar Chase saw it when he when he saw me celebrate when he got drafted. Like yeah. they know that I am like I really bleed this and I really that believe guy. it. And I I am not gonna say I'm that guy, but I but I really believe in this a hundred percent and I believe in them probably more than they believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. So when you got somebody like that talking to you, like it's just different. Like my yeah. son talking to me, I know that he thinks that I'm not scared of nothing. Like he's seen me get on the biggest roller coaster. He's seen me go in anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. it's different. I tell him something. He's like, yeah, let's do it. You know, like, cause he just knows that I, I'm not scared of nothing, you know, and, and, and I believe in him. And I think Joe Burrow and, you know, like guys like that, like a hundred percent would be like, yeah, this dude is like either really, really crazy, but I like him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I was I was thinking about it earlier, and I'm like, Zim is like a perfect yang to my yin. Where like you've got the you've got the I don't want to say it's like outlandish because it's not necessarily outlandish. You just your mind works differently. And I'm like, I've got it over here, and then I just need somebody who's got it over here, and you've got it over here, and I'm like, okay, so now we've just got all of it. And I'm like that, so what I took from that is you're taking me to see Joe Burrow. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm going to definitely be like, Hey Joe, I got this guy, but yeah. But like, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know that I, I, I'm weird like that. I think about stuff like this and you know, a lot of people lose this when they're little kids, like their imagination. Mm -hmm. I don't really think it's imagination. I just really believe it's going to happen. Like I really always thought I'd be on Paul Brown, you know, at Paul Brown Stadium on the field and all these different things. I always knew that would happen. So and I, and I never settle. So I just keep on going. And, you know, I think you will meet Joe Burrow, too, if you want it, <laughs> if you want it like that. Like for me, I just I'm just thinking about what am I going to say first?
Yeah, I know, I, I know that I'm going to talk to him, and you know, I yeah. just gotta think about what am I saying first. Yeah, and I, I mean, your your mind is so much. I don't want to say it's like <laughs> it, it's creativity. You have the creativity, and I mean that that's what it does to bring this type of this type right. of merchandise out. I mean, right. Like, Oh I, man, I got some stuff now. Hold up, we got, oh, we, yeah. got we got some cool stuff ha- happening. But oh yeah, you know one thing too, and I and I, and I gotta go too. But you know, mm-hmm. like it's not about sometimes what you say; it's definitely like how you say it. And it took me a long time to realize that. So sometimes, you know, like people from other countries and stuff that watch, you know, like my live streams and stuff. I remember a guy was saying, like, I don't even really understand English that well, but he was just like, the way you're saying it at certain points, like, I just know, like, it helped me understand football a little bit better and, yeah, you know, like, different stuff like that. So, you know, some people are calling it rants because it's more energetic or I'm more aggressive. I'm just very sure sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you got to sit back and listen because... I talked to you the last time we were on here and I and you were telling me a good point about Joe Burrow and him winning a national championship. And I had to sit back for a second and I was like putting those things together. And I was like, yeah, like he's right. And, you know, I took that with me and I started like, look, I, start, I went back and looked at a game too. I, I looked at some highlights because I didn't have a cut up of it. But it, it's just crazy though. Like, you know, you're saying it's the yin to the yang. It's just like, sometimes we're saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just, I might say it a different way. And it's all about like how you say it and how you deliver it. Yeah. And that's, and that might be Zach Taylor. You know, Zach Taylor knows more about football than me. A hundred percent. But how is he conveying the message? Yeah. Cause I know I have, like, they never quit on him now. I don't feel like they've ever no. quit on him. No. So that's that's very good. But yeah, and I, I'm excited for this year. And I know you got to go soon. So I'll wrap this up. That was our Zim and Garrett life advice segment. And it's, <laughs> it's not what you say. It's how you say it. But right. um, dolphins. Yeah, we, we went through dolphins and, and yes. paintings and, and a whole lot of... Or, or, that that was a funny show. That was a good show. It was super yeah. informative. Like people gotta get like understand that we're dropping gems out here. Yeah, that this this is gonna be my highest listened to podcast. I can feel it. And it's not it's not if it's going to, it's what I'm going to do when I figure it out. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you it for is. coming on. I appreciate it. And once again, thank you guys for listening. I hope you're tuning into the YouTube. I hope you're liking retweeting sending this to your friends doing all that great stuff and go cop this whole lot of orange go go support the burrow babies i mean zim hude has made some great stuff so go check that out and once again thank you for listening and have a good morning afternoon evening and hude hude